Hello, my fellow sickos. Welcome back to another episode of the Haunt Credit Podcast. So if you hear a beep in the background, it's because of my, uh, what's the thing called? Fire alarm, and it just needs a new battery. So hopefully it's not too annoying. I actually wanted to talk about this individual before I got into the DLCs, but sadly, that didn't happen, so I'm going to go back and do it anyways. The Pyromaniac. Didn't think he was really a special character. Didn't really think he had a story. He says, I had to burn it. All of it. So the Pyromaniac is one of the more notable variants that Miles Upshore encounters at Mount Massive Asylum. He's presumably dead. We don't know if he was killed by other inmates or was he killed by the PMCs. I keep want to say DMCs and stuff. I don't know why. I have trouble saying the PMCs. I have no idea why. So he's a male, obviously. There's nothing but males in this asylum. Height, 6'2", hair black, eyes brown, appearance, male ward, and he's voiced by Neil Napper, I think, Napier. I don't know how to pronounce it. But he also does one of the voices of the twins, and I think he does a few other voices. I'm not sure which characters, but I know he does. After Miles kills Traeger, Father Martin will instruct him to meet up outside the asylum. Miles then will have to go through a burning cafeteria where he meets the pyromaniac for the first time. The pyromaniac, is, you know, has his back turned towards him, will explain to Miles that he has to set the cafeteria ablaze and attempt to commit suicide and burn it down. The asylum, along with him, wanting to destroy the madness Murkoff has created. Actually, no, he was actually facing him. He was sitting on the table looking down at the floor. Upon, ex- ex- you know, sadly, extinguishing the fire, Miles heads back to the kitchen through the cafeteria only to be ambushed by the enraged pyromaniac and the attempt to kill him for a direct fail attempt of suicide. Upshore manages to fight him off as the crazed variant runs into the asylum. You know, just runs away, obviously. The aftermath is following the incident at Mount Massive Asylum. Murkoff's tactical division were tasked into re-securing the asylum and was given permission to shoot on site. Paul Marion refers to the incident as being 100% fatal. We've heard that quite a few times. Leading it possible that the pyromaniac might have to meet his end at the hands of the Murkovs tactical division or his fellow inmates. So his personality is, despite only having a single line of dialogue, the pyromaniac still has a somewhat definable personality. And he seems to be more sane than most of the other variants having a very pessimistic and lucid compensation of the situation, and as such, an extremely depressed and suicidal, willing to burn himself alive just to escape the madness. He doesn't seem like he wants to hurt anyone except Murkoff, allowing Miles to leave once he sets the cafeteria aflame, but attacks Miles after he puts out his fires. This brief murderous episode, as well as the fact that he is likely obsessed with fire, us, his nickname, proves that the pyromaniac is still insane like the other patients, just down to earth and lucid, unlike the other delusional variants. So his physical description is, the pyromaniac is just a regular looking adult man with white skin, you know, he's a Caucasian guy, light brown eyes and dark brown hair with thick 5 o'clock shadow for a beard. The, morphic in- the morphogenic engine seems to have no little effect on the pyromaniac as he lacks any deformities the engine could have caused, however, his arms are covered in stitches, probably from previous self-mutilations due to his depression, 
and the right side of his face is severely burned and blistered. His attire includes grayish-green patient scrubs, blue jeans, and a brown medical pattern. The pyromaniac cut audio logs and played that he has originally had additional dialogue sequences with Miles. One notable example of his Ramparmarian is Upshore for extinguishing his structure fire. Prior to Outlast's multiple form release, the Pyromaniac had a quick time event, QTE, where the player would have to toggle their input devices in order to fight him off once he ambushes Miles upon his return to the kitchen. If the player was failed to the quick time event, the Pyromaniac would have killed Miles by stomping on his head. Red Barrels would later replace the Pyromaniac's QTE on all available desktop-based operation systems with the cutscene where no input is required. That's pretty cool. Like, if you didn't do it fast enough, then he just stepped on your face and killed you. But, obviously, that doesn't happen anyways. They took that out. The Pyromaniac is one of the four Outlast characters who were never addressed with the proper name. The other three being Stevenson and the Twins. His allies is taken from Samuel Laflane's soundtrack of the same name that plays in the background when Miles Upshore meets him for the first time. And that is pretty much the story of the Pyromaniac. I think he was just pretty much like a throwaway character, in my opinion. I don't think there was a lot to go into this character. I like the way they kept him more like sane and down to earth. He just seems like he's suicidal. And he just wants to get out, so burning down the cafeteria along with himself is the best way to go. My thing is, how in the hell did he get his hands on any type of matches? And how was he able to like do that much damage in such a small period of time? Well, we don't know how long he's been in the cafeteria for, or why he specifically chose the cafeteria to burn down in the first place. You know, we just hop through the damn window like, woo, and then just land on the table, but... I don't think that he was trying to kill Miles. I think he was just like upset that the water had put out the fire and then he just like managed to bulldoze Miles down. You know, because they drop him in. Like when you walk through the doors, like he's not even around the corner. Then they dropped him in when you hit a certain sensor and then he comes around the corner and he gets your ass. So I think that he's more upset that his fire got put out. But he just like bulldozes you over and then just like keeps running and then just closes the doors behind him. Which makes zero sense. I'm like, okay. But obviously they don't want you to go back that way. Not right now. I don't know what exactly happened to him. If he was killed by other inmates or if he was killed by the PMCs. Maybe more. The tactical division probably did kill him. But we're not sure. Because he doesn't seem like he's like that dumb. Or that like delusional or disconnected from life. That I feel like he'd be smart enough to make his way around. We don't know if he was actually put in a morphogenic engine. Because it's hard to tell because of his face being burned. Like did the fire do that? Did he like allow the fire to burn some of his body? And you know the self mutilation that he was doing to himself. Because imagine like what he would have looked like. He would have looked pretty normal. Like, probably, like, Jeremy Blair or something if he wouldn't have, like, tore his whole body up and tried to burn himself and try to be, like, the new Two-Face. You know what I'm saying? So, I understand 100% why he would be pissed off because, you know, the place is a shithole. It's a prison, not a sane asylum. 
and dealing with the morphogenic engine and all, it's just, it's bad. It's really, really bad. You know, there's just nothing to it for this guy. Like, he has no reason to live. And I think they just wanted to have somebody in that scene when Miles, like, pretty much goes by. Because, you know, I feel like there's a few throwaway characters, like we just said, Stevenson, him. I really wouldn't put the twins on that list because you actually see them and they have dialogue like you see them when you're miles when they first see you in the cell block right and then they try to like trap you in the showers but you hop out the window but then later on you see them again when you're in the theater and then after the theater you see them at the chapel you know i think it's kind of fucking weird with the twins, like, when you leave the theater and that twin with the hair, like, goes by you and you, like, sneak past him and you actually run down the hallway and then you go back to, like, the main area where you fill out the window because of Chris Walker and you hit the ground, like, that main area. Right when you're about to go to the stairs, if you look at the hallway, like, to the left that has the door closed, one of the twins, the other one, is fucking staring at you. And I was like, oh, that's creepy. That is really fucking creepy. But... As far as with the Pyromaniac, I think he was a filler character that was just placed in there for that time being, you know. I just, I think he had more dialogue than just burn it, burn it all. Murkoff has took so much from us. Yeah, so I think he had more than just that little line and talking about, I had to burn it, burn it all. Like, no, there's more to his dialogue, but it's not a lot, though, because he's just a regular character, but... You know, I wouldn't put the twins on that list. Maybe him and Stevenson would be on that list. I think that other character with the messed up face, when you run into him right before you approach Dennis, and Dennis is like, rats in the walls! Kill the rats! That guy you meet before him, he actually, I feel like, is a throwaway character. Kind of. But also, I think I saw him talking to Miles, and then Eddie Gluskin called him, and he was like, coming, sir. Because if you look at him and then you look at Dennis, there are two different characters, you know. But also, I wonder if Dennis is the one that was stabbing the doctor when Miles, you know, Waylon first entered that room. I wonder if that was him. He looked just like him. But for as far as the pyromaniac, you don't really see him throughout the game besides that one session, you know. You really don't cross paths with him at all. So I'm wondering, like, what part of the asylum was he on? And why was he never affected by the morphogenic engine? Did he not have a chance to be put in the engine? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, why was he not messed up like the rest of them? But obviously he is messed up due to the fire and him loving the burn things down. Also, I think it's just the easier way to do because it's like it's not like you have a gun, it's not like you have a knife, it's not like you have a bomb, it's not like you have anything but fire. And being in the kitchen is the best place to be able to start a fire. So, yeah, I feel kind of bad for the guy that he feels like he has to die just because of that situation. I feel like if he got taken out of Mount Massive Asylum and actually put into a real asylum that actually gave a shit... It probably wouldn't have been as bad. He probably wouldn't have gone to the extreme that he has gone to. Or the lengths that he went to just fuck his whole body up, to be honest with you guys. Well, there's not really much more about the Pyromaniac. And I know you guys are probably like, damn, these episodes are short. They are. They're very short. I mean, it's hard to make like a 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or an hour out of a uh, 
character story, but it is what it is. At least you guys can go about your day once you listen to it, you know? So, I love you guys. You stay the fuck out of this place. It ain't nothing but a fucking hellhole. And watch out for Chris Walker. Y'all be safe now. And fuck Dr. Wernicke.